This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Greetings from the Garden State of New Jersey. This is Ringside with Redding. Boxing history from yesteryear, brought to you by the Sports History Network. I'm your host, Frank Redding. In this segment, I'm going to to discuss controversies that occurred in or during a fight, not discrepancies or such in scoring. The first controversy I'm going to touch on took place on September 22, 1927. The rematch of Gene Tunney and Jack Dempsey for the heavyweight championship of the world, which took place in Chicago, Illinois. In the first fight, Tunney gave Dempsey a boxing lesson and easily defeated him in a 10-round decision. Dempsey was inactive and had not defended the title in three years. Between the first and second fights, ladies and gentlemen, a neutral corner rule was put into place. Before such, a boxer could knock an opponent down and stand and hover over them until they got to their feet. With the neutral corner rule, after a knockdown was scored, the man scoring such would report to a neutral corner while the count was being administered. During the Tunney-Dempsey rematch, Dempsey knocked Tunney down in round 7 and forgot about the new rule. As a result, he lost several seconds of time. Tunney would beat the count and was clearly alert and focusing on referee Dave Barry when he rose at the count of nine. Tunney would go on to win another one-sided, ten-round decision. At this time, ladies and gentlemen, in 1926 and 1927, the states of Illinois and Pennsylvania had ten-round title fights. This fight is forever known as the Long Count. The next controversy I'm going to speak of occurred on May 25, 1965, Muhammad Ali-Sunny Liston rematch, which took place in Lewiston, Maine for the heavyweight championship of the world. Ali floored Liston with a right hand to the left side of Liston's face, which he called the anchor punch. This was in the first round. Liston went down and Ali stood over him temporarily. He then proceeded to run around the ring and did not immediately go to a neutral corner. The referee, former heavyweight champion of the world, Jersey Joe Walcott, lost total control of the action and would never referee another title bout again. Liston did not finish that fight lying on the canvas. In fact, he was up and fighting, but had already been counted out by Nat Flesher from the Ring Magazine, who was counting the knockdown seconds. Flesher notified Walcott that the fight was over, and Walcott immediately stopped the action. This fight is forever known as the Phantom Punch. I believe there was in fact a punch, but the question is, was it hard enough to fell the mighty Liston? 
The next fight I'm going to talk about is a lesser known bout with no titles on the line. It took place in Atlantic City, New Jersey on January 6, 1984. Lightweight contender from Trenton, New Jersey, Kenny Bang Bang Bogner fought Edmund Corret. Bogner was still in line for a title shot against Ray Boom Boom Mancini. The fight was fairly close, with Bogner leading on all scorecards. Bogner received a bad cut over his left eye, which was flowing blood rapidly at the end of the eighth round of a scheduled ten-rounder. Referee Vinny Renoni did not call or see the cut occurring as a result of a headbutt, rather a shoulder butt. One of the top cut men in boxing, Eddie the Clot Aliano, worked feverishly between rounds, but was unable to stop the bleeding. The fight was not halted and continued into the ninth round, where Renoni stopped the fight seconds into the stanza. Edwin Corrett was awarded a KO stoppage. The Bogner camp immediately filed a protest and a conference was held four days later on January the 10th in Trenton, New Jersey. Tapes were shown, and the decision was reversed. The New Jersey Boxing Commission rulebook states that a cut occurring from a headbutt after six rounds, the scorecards would be utilized. Bogner would now be the victor on the ninth round KO. The verdict would stay despite harsh criticism from the correct camp. The next controversy to be covered took place on July 29, 1988 in Atlantic City, New Jersey in a welterweight title belt between Champion Marlon Starling and challenger Thomas Molinaris. As the bell rung, ending the sixth round, Molinaris landed a solid right hand, clearly after the bell, ladies and gentlemen, dropping Starling, knocking him out, and Starling also received a broken leg from the fall. When Starling came out of the knockout, he did not even recall being knocked down or out. Joe Cortez was the referee of this contest. At the time, Molinaris was ruled the winner and was the new WBA welterweight champion of the world. Molinaris would remain champ, but some record books refer to this verdict as a no decision. Truly bizarre. Molinaris would only have two more belts in his professional career, then fade away into obscurity. The last controversy to be covered occurred on March 17th of 1990 in Las Vegas, Nevada. A unification bout for the Junior Welterweight Championship of the World. The WBC Junior Welterweight Champion was... Julio Cesar Chavez, who was undefeated at this time. He would face the IBF junior welterweight champion, Meldrick Taylor, 
who was also undefeated with one draw. This fight, ladies and gentlemen, was a great way to start off the decade of the 1990s. It was action-packed from beginning until end. Meldrick Taylor was slightly ahead on the scorecards, but had taken a great deal of punishment in the process. Into the 12th and final round, it looked like Meldrick Taylor was really getting worn down and Chavez's pressure was starting to prevail. With only a matter of a dozen seconds left in the match, Chavez knocked Taylor down. Taylor beat the count and was asked a few questions by referee Richard Steele. Taylor did not answer, and with a mere two or three seconds left, Steele stopped the contest, and Chavez was awarded a 12-round knockout victory. Lou Duva, who was the chief second in the corner of Meldrick Taylor, went absolutely berserk with protest to no avail. Chavez would still be victorious in a 12-round knockout. This fight, ladies and gentlemen, was one of the fights of the 1990s and also one of the great fights in boxing history. A great way to start off the decade in a fight that had everything a fan can imagine. One of the greatest fights I have ever watched in my career as a fan and one of the greatest fights in the history of the sport of boxing. This is Ringside with Redding, Boxing History from Yesteryear, signing off. I am your host, Frank Redding, saying to one and all, be happy, be healthy, and be well. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Play Classic Games, the sponsor of this podcast, offers board gamers who love sports the chance to own something unique. Play Classic has realistic simulation board games in hockey, golf, football, baseball, and so much more. Coming soon next year, basketball. When you shop today at sportshistorynetwork.com backslash play, you'll get 10% off your first buy. Just make sure you use the promo code SHN. And while you're on the Sports History Network, be sure to check out all of our podcasts.